The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. McDermott and Dave Hanratty are with us. Ro, what, what do you make of Irish interest in Queen Elizabeth's death? How deep and extensive do you think is it? I think there's such a hypocrisy happening, which is not surprising. Look, on a very human level, she was a devoted grandmother and mother. And I think for the family, you know, your thoughts would always go to someone after their family member has died. However, there's this rhetoric that always pops up when people talk about the death of Queen Elizabeth for Irish people who don't care, for Irish people who, for whom she is a symbol of deep colonisation, oppression, for people in the UK who feel the same way, for people in a lot of countries who have experienced oppression from the UK who are perhaps not more in her death, there's always this rhetoric of can we have some decorum and respect and civility? And I think this idea that ideas of decorum and civility silence people for telling the truth because it's polite. And these ideas of politeness always silence people without power. Meanwhile, it's not polite to ask colonised people to mourn the chief symbol of their colonisation. And I think we really need to be very mindful of when the idea of decorum, civility, politeness comes in because this happens a lot. Like women are given out to for pointing out issues of inequality in their culture feminist killjoys people of colour are given out to for addressing racism and saying that they're making things uncomfortable or making things awkward it's a time of change and it's a time for discussing this and if it's not polite to discuss a history of colonisation and oppression when a figurehead for that has died when is it? So I think we need to be really mindful I respect people for like there are British people for whom the, the Queen means a lot to them and they mourn that and I can respect that and hold that experience I need them to also hold the experience of other people and say this means something very different to us and let's have that conversation. Dave Hanrotting. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I mean, the reaction to this has been pretty surreal. Even if you look on the internet, I saw a thing where there was... People always do this weird thing where they they, they do an on-the-spot painting and there's one of the Queen being led into the gates of heaven by Paddington Bear. And like the caption was, you know, uh, I've done my duties, Paddington, take me to my husband. <laughs> You're like, what, what, what do you do with that? Uh, it's ridiculous. As Frame the, it and put it on yeah, your wall. Sell it for a lot of money, I suppose. <laughs> I'd buy it at this stage. It's pretty funny. But no, I mean, like ultimately from the Irish point of view, I mean, Michael D. Higgins is being parachuted into the Late Late Show this evening. Tough one for the Ultimate Hell Week uh, participants who have now been bumped. Uh, people before Profit put out a statement today saying it's time to end the monarchy. And you do get this weird reaction from people who are saying this is too soon we, we had a story on joe.ie yesterday about how the crown the netflix show the crown actually has a plan for what they will do with their forthcoming show especially while they're filming and the comments yesterday were like this is too soon this is exactly the time to do it also i will say as well on the i i know what Rose is saying and I, I agree you know like i mean a person has died they have a family you know you have to have the sentimentality towards that but at the same time I mean like I've seen people say this is a tragedy and I'm sorry but like a 96 year old dying is not a tragedy I mean she's like, had you know, a full life 96 years of age that's that's 21 more years than my dad got and the last time I checked he wasn't a coloniser you know it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous I think as well there's such a sense of the Queen represents nostalgia for people and this is the problem with Britain and the UK today their entire political stance is based on nostalgia for empire. That's why Brexit is happening. That's why they have all these conservatives in power. They're harking back to this idea of empire. And I think it's so important for Britain and the UK to take stock now and say, what do we want to be politically? Like, the empire is gone. We've moved on from that. Like, there are still, obviously, there are still spots where we would like some of our country back. Um, but discussing this and saying, who do we want to be now that this figurehead is gone? Moving forward, what do we want the monarchy to stand for? Do we still want it to stand 
understand at all. And how are we going to take Britain into the modern world now and get over this idea that's holding them you back? You can't. They're so, as you say, like, like tied in their history. I think, you know, for every person, and there are a lot of kind of modern thinking people who will be like, yeah, whatever, you know, how about I get a day off work here? There are an awful lot of people who are, who are genuinely upset and they have the Stockholm Syndrome relationship with the royal family that goes beyond just tuning in and gawping when there's a royal wedding. King Charles, as he is now, is due to address the British nation this evening. Is he going to abdicate the throne? I doubt it. But I think there's something like there is obviously going to be public mourning in the UK, but mourning and grief and loss also offer up these times of transformation and saying, how do we move forward? And I think that's really important. Fintan O'Toole had an incredible article a couple of years ago, basically saying how Ireland has progressed so much in the space of 30 years because we don't have that sense of nostalgia. We don't look back at the, you know, the, the reign of the church with these fond rose coloured lenses in the way that Britain looks back on its age of empire and nostalgia, which has meant that we have been able to decide who are we now. And Britain really needs to do that, but it needs to choose to do that. And whether I have faith in the, their ability to do so, not so much. Listener says, the sneering from the Irish is expected, but no less disappointing. A figurehead of colonisation, she deconstructed the empire, you prats, you're coming across <laughs> as idiots. She didn't deconstruct the empire. No, the vast majority of countries that left the British Empire left because they forced their way out of the empire. Yeah, and but also like, hang on a second. I mean, like, like at what point did we see a statement from Queen Elizabeth II saying like, this is all bad, and I want nothing to do with it, and I will free everybody involved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, you can say that maybe she didn't start this process, but she was part and the figurehead of a regime that that controlled it. And I think also I should say as well, from an Irish level, I know you're going to talk about it later on, but you know, it, it's Garth Brooks. I feel sorry for it because <laughs> his thunder has been stolen out from under him. Uh, we we all thought nothing could possibly come along and derail his his. Croke and he's park. waited so long it's, for it's, vindication. It's, it's, Perfect. So okay, long. this list says, I am English, a listener of yours, and I'm so disappointed at the lack of respect. Sorry, we're not showing disrespect to the family, which has suffered a loss, but there are legitimate questions to be asked about the role of the British royal family, the role of the monarchy. Not every British person agrees with the monarchy. There are British people who are Republicans who do not believe in hereditary privilege and in the sense of them and us that it actually shows that there are betters and there are underlings. Mm -hmm. And to be critical of the royal family is not to be critical of the British in any way, is it? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. There's a demand for a certain deference. There's a demand for a tone. There's a demand for a performance of emotion that we don't feel. And if we don't perform it, we're declared to being disrespectful. I said that I have absolute respect for the family, that I respect the British public going through this loss and that conversations need to be held. That isn't disrespectful. And that's why I want us to be mindful of when respect, civility, politeness, decorum, these words are weaponized in order to silence people. And yeah. of course, this royal family costs the British a fortune as well. Although you could say maybe it is a good investment in the tourist revenue it brings in all the people traipsing around looking at Buckingham Palace. Think of the commemorative plate industry. What would they? Where, where would they be without this, I say? Also, sorry, just to tap into the British side of things as well. Do we need 11 days of mourning? Do we need football matches to be called off? Is this the myth of Achilles? I mean, it's a bit much, no? I, I'm old enough to remember when President Eamon de Valera died in the 1970s and being very upset as a child to have to go without television for three days <laughs> until <laughs> such time as the television was put on again with anything other than news and sombre programming. But here's the thing, I actually have genuinely no problem with the British doing whatever they want. There's a, It's a cultural moment, it's a national moment. I think there are com- comparable um, issues of mourning around, you know, America post 9-11, there were, there were national mournings and I think that's really important for a society to go through when 
they go through a huge transformational change, which I think the Queen means to a lot of people. I am completely fine with that. I, what I what I get bristly at is the demand that the Irish have to go along with this or that we have to perform emotion in the same way when our relationship to this woman is completely different. That's where I draw the line. And that's my problem is the hypocrisy of I am able to hold those two thoughts in my head. Why aren't British people around the Irish? Also, sorry, you, you mentioned kind of sombre tone and broadcasting. I mean, like on the BBC yesterday, there was a moment where their, their lead news anchor uh, said, you know, oh, Liz Truss, of course, was talking about heating bills and, and, and the cost of living crisis and, and a tough winter ahead for everybody. But all of that is insignificant now following the death of, like, really? Did really? He yes, that. that's what he said. And it's just like... See, I mean, it's insignificant that people will be freezing, freezing their to death homes. in their own homes. Vulnerable and poor people, working class people who have no relationship with the royal family and have every right to not like get on their knees and cry in the street. I mean, like this outpouring of grief. I get it. There are people listening right now who are probably like, have some respect. She was an old woman. She did X, Y, Z. But like Rose says, it's not about don't have a funeral, don't, you know, celebrate, mm-hmm. don't whatever. But the level of uh, just the, the weird blanketing that's happening right now is bizarre. And again, I think as a newsreader, to kind of dismiss the idea that people's lives, will, which will be in jeopardy, that this doesn't matter now? And that's a big problem with the monarchy is that they have always felt so out of touch with normal people in Britain and working class people and they've been for many a symbol of, of comfort and they've liked that and I understand that but the level of wealth on display the level of privilege on display when compared to working class people in the UK who are going to be hugely struggling this winter as our people in Ireland that disconnect has always been such a problem that I don't think a lot of people address. A listener says you've just shoehorned the whole British people into one hyper-colonial group, which it isn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> you're taking a media-induced British trope and pushing it on us all just because we're British people and you're not being objective. You're looking at it, aren't we? don't like the British attitude. It's very one-sided and out of touch. We do not at all, as British people, care how the Irish feel about the Queen passing. Well, listener, you're not putting everyone into the one exactly. British box also in saying that. Also, asking us to be objective about the Queen. You're not asking us to be objective. You're asking us to take your view. That's the difference. Okay. She can't even hide this is about Euro. Her hate when she emphasises British when she says it. Do not speak for Irish people in this way. I don't think you said anything, Ro, that could in any way be construed as hating British people. I have never been on the show without someone commenting on my accent or the way I talk, which is such a rare experience for women on the radio. So bring it on. It's it's a part for the course. The tourism thing about the British royal family is misnomer. The Palace of Versailles is the third biggest tourist attraction in France. And we all know what they did with our royal family. (laughs) It's a good point. It's it's nice to hear one. Without the royal family, Buckingham Palace would still be a tourist attraction. How would you go? Would would you bother going if you're over there for the day, even now? It wouldn't really be on my list, you know. Another one says, Matt's ultimate Brit bashing moment. This is (laughs) not Brit bashing. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Your last word is 087-4100-102 in relation to the week trending. I have to agree with that Brit bashing comment, Matt. I've been pretty disgusted with this first 15 minutes of the show. Uh, another one, uh, I have to be very careful what I read in some of these ones. I, I think you and your guests have misread the room. Unfortunate, disappointing. You're not Brit bashing, but you and your guests are for once just being a bit coarse. She did bad, and ultimately it's the British people that should have an opinion on their monarch. You're opinion piece this evening is exhausting to listen to, says that uh, listener. And then we have another one who says um, let me see, where did I get this one? Yeah, I didn't know you were that anti-British. Oh, I'm not. And here's one that says, I hear you're a racist now, Matt. 
Okay. This is. I just want to say, anti-British and anti-monarchy are not the same thing. Absolutely. And the fact that people are reading being anti-monarchy as anti-British, I think, is quite telling. I'm not anti-British at all. I'm anti-monarchy and I'm anti-oppression and colonisation. And if there is no separation visible between those things, that is not a problem I have created. Yeah, and can I just say, I can't believe that my mother would text that in. I, just, I, feel, <laughs> I feel very bad about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a word. No, you see, we have so many relationships with Britain. I mean, we all are very interested in Premier League football or at least lots of us are. We're going to be discussing after six o'clock our horror that it has been cancelled for the weekend. But we also get a lot of British television. We had a star of EastEnders, a man who plays Ian Beale here on the programme with us this week. Coronation Street is highly popular. Things like This Morning is broadcast on Virgin Media Television. But tell us about uh, the controversy involving This Morning this week. Oh, baby. Uh, yeah, they had a spin-the-wheel type situation going on on the show. All very friendly and good stuff. Uh, but they replaced half the prizes on the wheel with... Uh, getting your energy bills paid, essentially. So Philip Schofield's there with his big smile, Holly Willoughby beside him, and they have people spin this wheel. Uh, win a thousand pounds, win five thousand pounds, or even better, win your energy bills to be paid for four months. Yeah, and like it was clearly done to provoke a reaction, and it got the reaction it was looking for. Philip Schofield himself even said at one stage, let's see if they can complain about this online. So it's like, okay, cool. So you know what you're doing. You know that you're leaning into this very vulnerable moment for an awful lot of people who are watching this programme. Just thought they were taking the piss, and ultimately they kind of modified it I guess in the days that followed they changed it to household bills as opposed to energy bills and then by day three it was just money and Philip Scalfi was like well you could spend that on your bills if you need to so people have said it's dystopian they've compared it to Squid Game which is a little bit of a stretch uh, I should say but at the same time it's grim I mean I couldn't help but look at it as just grim content and at the risk of Brit bashing it was very British wasn't it? (laughs) I think it's just the visual of it because of course if you give someone a cash prize they're going to use it for whatever they like but the idea of a prize it's meant to be fun and luxurious (laughs) and a treat a treat is not here's a prize so you can survive the nuclear winter like it just the aesthetics of it did feel it very dystopian but of course you could also maybe console yourself with a bottle of Nigel Farage's new gin Uh, the gin that no gin factory wants to own but I love that he's making gin now I think it's a nice acknowledgement that you need incredibly strong alcohol to deal with him and his political (laughs) philosophy I think he's a fan of very strong alcohol himself consumption as much of it as possible as you say but he's describing it as the quintessentially British drink Except there has been absolute backlash to this because it's produced, in, he said it's produced in Cornwall, except nobody will own it. Except Cornwall has been incredibly affected by Brexit economically. It's been decimated. There's been very little support offered. People are also pointing out that gin has its origins in the in Europe. In Belgium and Holland. Yeah. It did not originate. It was actually in one of the British colonial wars. They brought it back and started drinking it in England. Matt, don't say the C word. You'll get the text line going again. <laughs> Yeah, it's never going to stop. Uh, nor is Nigel Farage. I mean, like, again, content king, Nigel Farage, I just, like, it's difficult to kind of parse the fact that he's out there doing things and not locked up in a jail cell somewhere for just being one of the worst people to ever exist. I think it's just really interesting, the idea of, like, using the flag. There's something interesting happening with the American flag and the UK flag, that they are being used as symbols now by particular political parties, which I think is quite sad when a national flag becomes imbued with so much political power, like, for one, a very partisan political power. And the fact that he's using the packaging, it just all feels, yeah, very Nigel Farage. I won't be drinking it. Pat says, Irish listeners very worried about the sensitivities towards the British were the British ever as sensitive towards other nations and cultures? Yeah, man, go off. <laughs> go off, King. Okay, uh, Dave, tell us. Don't uh, say King. Oh, yeah, damn it, no. Like, 
Dave, tell us about the Dublin supermarket, which has banned construction workers. Well, uh, you're going to get the construction workers mad at you now, Matt. This is what's going to happen, because they haven't quite done that. At least that's what they're saying. Fresh, which has a bunch of outlets uh, across Dublin, put out a thing saying we are banning construction workers from eating in the kind of dining areas because... They, I guess, bring lots of equipment with them and people trip over them. It's a hazard. This, of course, was immediately met with backlash from construction workers saying, well, we don't feel welcome in your store now. I'm never going there again. So Fresh quickly, you know, baked up a new statement saying, no, 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 you're allowed in the store and all, but we're just trying to eliminate any kind of hazards that may occur when, I guess, a bunch of construction workers come in and eat in the dining area. So no, construction Surely workers are not wearing, banned. If they're wearing high-vis yellow jackets and helmets, they're actually less of a hazard because you'll clearly see them. Yeah, if you trip, it's your own fault, basically, <laughs> I, I think is what that comes down to. Individual responsibility needs to be paramount in these situations. But yeah, a bit of a known goal, probably could have been communicated better and has upset a lot of people. The, the, this is a, a pattern emerging on this episode of, of, of this show. And I think it's like, because there is, right, if people are coming in from construction, and I am in no way no way blaming construction workers, if people are coming in coming in holding tools and maybe bringing in a lot of dirt and dust into an area where people are eating, I can see how potentially there's a hygiene issue there that wants, that needs to be mitigated. But there are such easy solutions to this saying, oh, if you're coming in, here are bins provided for your items or for your workwear, if you would like to leave them there. And it was just such a poor or a communication job by Fresh. And of course, like, if you are working really hard in the construction industry and just want to go and have your lunch and are seeing signs like this, I can just understand how that could be so frustrating. So I just think one of those PR issues gone terribly wrong. Uh Tell us about Peppa Pig's first lesbian couple. Peppa Pig, so uh, beloved, beloved by British audiences, <laughs> I realize saying that. So there was a lovely episode which showed uh, uh, school children, school pigs, chatting about their families. And one of the pigs said, uh, my mummy is a doctor and my other mummy does this. And it was just a lovely recognition of different types of families. And I think the response to this has thankfully actually been quite heartening because I think what happens, and you know, Matt, I talk a lot about uh, sexuality and gender and the need to educate children, um, and whenever I say that, people think that I'm trying to sexualize children by bringing sexuality into the conversation. And that's, of course, not what it is. It's acknowledging the reality of the world in an age appropriate way and just introducing children to different types of families so that they can then start to ask questions so that then these are normalized. They understand these are the possibilities. And as they grow older, you can escalate those conversations again, age appropriately. But I think it was a lovely thing to do. Yeah. And like that, that's completely reasonable. And in the same week when Thomas the Tank Engine brought in an autistic train, I guess, was it? a new character there I, I guess it depends what comment section you read because they, they are out there and there are people who will say this is political correctness gone mad like ridiculous I can't watch Peppa Pig anymore like have a word with yourself mate you know but I think most people are on board and as Rose says it just reflects society it reflects the world why would you want to potentially other or demonise or teach a child that this thing is wrong quote unquote when you can just have you know a kid show help you out and like, educate people and maybe, maybe just maybe we can all come together and, you know, learn to love each other for our differences or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking back to the start of the show and how apparently we've, we've upset the entirety of Britain. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.